Welcome to the People, Purpose, and Profits Business Coaching Podcast with Brian Buck and Kat Park. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the People, Purpose, and Profits Podcast. Uh, this is Brian Buck, and my wonderful co-host is... Ah. And we are super excited to uh, introduce and interview Edward today. So Edward, do you want to explain uh, who you are and a little bit of your background? And then we'll jump into our questions. Oh, I'd be honored, Brian and Kat, and to our viewers across the world. Thank you. I'm pumped to be on this show. I help people become famous master persuaders and influencers. I'm based in Sydney, Australia. I've got no beaches today. I've only got a forest with me, but hopefully we'll see a koala bear, but we probably won't. <laughs> Great. So we always like to start off, we support small businesses, medium-sized businesses, and that also includes the solopreneurs, the coaches, and the consultants. Um, and we focus on people, process, I mean, people, purpose, and uh, profit. Uh, how, do, how do you balance those three in your business or your approaches when you help people? Uh, and is there one of those three that's kind of more of a theme for you currently in your business? Oh, great question. I love where you're going. And the answer is yes, it's a delicate balance of everything. And I use the metaphor. I don't know if you've seen those sort of those French Canadian, you know, those weird meme guys that spin the plates, you know, they keep the plates spinning on the little sticks. Kind of like that. That's the way I at least see it. You've got to keep all these plates spinning it. At different times at different places, you'll focus on different areas of your business. Uh, for me right now, it's actually been actually a, a balance of everything. The profitability of our business is great. Uh, you know, the purpose is very clear and the people are happening. So I'd actually say we'd be focusing probably a little bit more on the people. Uh, that would be the way we're leaning right now. But I think an even balance of everything. And um, as I was saying, yeah, you need a different focus at different points in time for different reasons. Yeah, I love that. You know, thinking about the work that you do and knowing how we help small to medium-sized businesses, being famous could greatly benefit their business. Uh, how... What's, what's something, but I can also see a lot of people going, oh, I just want to do my thing. I don't want to be famous. So uh, can you give a good uh, case reason why in the world someone should want to be famous instead of just trying to be in their little niche and big fish and small ponds? Yeah, let's go. Well, when I say famous, I, I kind of mean that relative to the market that you're after. Mm. Uh, so so on that point, you're exactly correct. If let's say you're, you're working in type of a niche industry, for example, uh, when I say famous, you want to be famous in your respective industry. That's what I'm kind of getting at. So it's very important to know okay. who you want to be famous with. And the, the more famous you are with that group of people, the more influential is, you know, the more clients you're going to get and the less marketing you do because people are going to come to you and throw money at you. <laughs> That's great. Well, I want to ask you also, because over the years, you know, um, we've been connected for quite some time and I've noticed this like tremendous growth and I wanted to see how the three elements of our podcast kind of fit into that growth. I'm really curious to maybe what contributed to it and, you know, what is the secret sauce be, you know, behind growing that quick? Because it, it has been some like a, an exponential growth in a short amount of time. 
Yeah, and thank you. It's been it's been weird actually. I've been saying this because I live quite a new life now. It's kind of weird. I used to work like a dog as a local sort of business coach and marketing consultant. Sydney. Now I'm all of a sudden this big international influence. All these people saying, "Hi, and I don't know you, but here's some money." And I'm like, I've had people buy my programs, and I'm like, "Hi, I'm Edward. What's your name?" <laughs> it's like they've just given me money, and I'm introducing myself. To weird, very weird, very strange experience, which I've never had before till recently. And I think in in terms of like. The, I suppose the prism, which I love that you're looking through is, I'll, I'll go for the money first. I'll talk profits first. The most important thing is that when you start to build a really good, not, not just a big, but a really good following, uh, the thing that works really well is I always share my links. I always invite people to my live webinars where I sell and share content and also, and also share links to my workshops and programs. So I'm always monetizing my audience. I'm not just putting out content for the sake of it. I'm putting out, you know, buy my stuff, here's this, here's that. So that's, that's, I suppose that's the first answer in terms of profitability. That also makes me think even about purpose. You know, it's, we're not just putting out content for content's sake. We are doing content to help move our audience somewhere, even if it's about an insight or an offer, or, you know, like one of the things I've always learned is don't do anything without a call to action. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Some point. And um, exactly. And when, you know, purpose, which is great. And I'm going to give you this, this odd answer. My success has kind of fueled my purpose because what was interesting is that when I, I only really got into LinkedIn as an influencer at the start of last year, you know, only, so I haven't actually you know, been famous per se for that long. And what was interesting was that when I sort of got into LinkedIn, my success actually then fueled my purpose was originally I had a very myopic Sydney, yeah, where I'm Sydney, Australia, very Sydney, Australia view. And very quickly, I started getting, I got my first client from, uh, you know, the United Kingdom, then Europe, then, you know, yeah, I get a lot of clients from the United States and that success then changed my purpose. So it's a feedback loop, as you'd appreciate, you know, it's the increase of profitability over here and the way that the business mix changed then influenced my purpose. So hang on, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm actually an international guy now. I, borders don't matter to me. And, and that actually changed my purpose because it shifted me from a local guy to a fully global guy, you know, and uh, and the third one is as well in terms of people. That's been absolutely fascinating. We put on a our first virtual assistant recently, you know. So, um, and also I work with my wife, wonderful lassie. We've got a virtual assistant now. We've got hundreds of clients we look after. So, setting the right culture and the right, not just physical framework, but a sort of emotional framework to keep everyone from not killing each other and helping each other has been very important too. Can you explain personally what the growth has been for you to go from local to global? I mean, while it's awesome and yay, is there any part of you that's kind of like, oh crap, oh my gosh, this has now changed in me because I'm at this level now. Yeah. Well, look, it, it's mostly upside. So it's probably mm. 90, 95% plus upside. The downside of it has it been is that you deal with so many different people now. So I deal with more people now in a day than I would in a month, right? It's just <laughs> so fast moving, right? It's, um, so it's morning time, Saturday in Australia. And my WhatsApp is full, my LinkedIn's full. So it's sort of like, you know, again, I, I talk to more people in a day than I would have a month, you know, easily a year ago. And I think uh, getting... The downside of it is, and a very honest downside is, your life becomes a lot busier and you've got a lot more complexity to manage. And then that puts you on the journey to, 
you know, get more focused, get more systemized. You know, you learn your lessons and that sort of thing. So, yeah, that, that is the downside. Um, but it's a small downside with the massive upside that you get with it. Yeah. What would be the next growth after global? <laughs> like, you know, because obviously there's so many more opportunities, you know, kind of when you get to these new levels and maybe you're still experiencing that being there in a year, but, you know, how do you start to go, wow, if I'm at this level, this was kind of a dream. So what's the next dream? What's next? Yeah, I think for me, I've, I've actually been thinking about that a lot lately in terms of purpose, especially. So I've been thinking, okay, what's my purpose? Where am I going with all this? Um, right. At le- uh, to be honest, I'm kind of refining my purpose as I go along. Um, I'd like to say to you, I like to I like to pull out this big chart and say, here's my life pers- purpose, which Jesus handed to me. Uh, I don't have that. I, to be honest with you, I'm very mortal. I'm kind of figuring out my purpose as I go along. So at least in the here and now, uh, you know, my purpose is to help more people, reach out to people. And I find basically as, as I keep focusing on the present or the here and now, my purpose is becoming clear over time. And, and part of that, again, I don't mean to bring up politics for politics sake, and I'm not going there in respect to our viewers and all that. However, I am very act, I've actually become very, very active in Australian national politics. Uh, so I'm also now political operative. So that's been a new element as well. So whilst the business is growing, my political reputation has also grown as well. So again, don't mean to talk mm. politics for politics sake, but as an example, my own political side has been growing as well. So I think that's been an interesting offshoot as well in, in terms of where I'm going. It's not just business and influencer. It's also, you know, local politics, helping people, setting policy, that type of thing. How do you see the two kind of, you know, I, I see them side by side and I'm really curious to see what are the common denominators between the two, between the business and then the political side. Uh, well, directly overlap, uh, direct overlap, because basically the bigger influencer I become is the more politically attractive I become. So, you know, I've got my certain candidates, people that are back, you know, within Australian politics. And now I've got a big platform. I'm using that platform to support my political allies. Right? And it's fascinating. So I'm sort of getting this whole, again, not talking about politics, politics, but I'm getting this whole glimpse into the whole world of like, politics, fake news, political operatives, this and that. And it's like this whole new world. And, and the irony is it's directly related to business because the more successful I get politically feeds the business growth. The more my business grows, it feeds the politics. So you have this flywheel mechanism occurring, which is absolutely fascinating. Well, and I think that was one of the things I was thinking about when we think about what's changed for you. You know, like one of the things that I found and, you know, when, one of the things that Kat and I have discovered in, in people's growth is one, sometimes they're just scared of growing and kind of the anxiety that goes behind that, right? It's, many people have that. But I also know some people don't step out for something because they don't even know what's possible. You know, it's not like they're not scared that they don't know it can be done. Like, you know, no one was scared of the four minute mile. They just didn't try for it because they didn't think. And I'm just thinking about in your situation, was politics something you wanted to get involved in? Or once again, is now that you've grown and you've got that influence now, you're like, oh, well, this is the thing. Like, I think we kind of discover once we get there sometimes. I'm just curious for you. Yeah, exactly. So I've, I've always been quite interested in both like Australian, European, British, and also, of course, American politics. I've always been quite interested in that. Uh, and so I've always had a little foot in that camp. But the, what's been interesting is that as my global influencer business and 
footprint has grown, including across Australia as well, that success here has that flywheel effect that is now supporting my political aspirations. Because, you know, when I talk to my friends and my candidates, they're like, Ed, can you post this for me? Can you say this? And a bit of commentary at the time I'm doing this interview, um, at one of our local premiers is in a bit of political trouble right now. So I'm busy putting out posts doing damage control to, to, for us. So I'm learning about all these new terms like political operative, when you do damage control, you know, mm. and that type of thing. So it's been fascinating. But the, the thing I, I suppose, especially being back to what you guys talk about, like, you know, purpose, passion, profits and people and those concepts is I see it as a flywheel effect because when you, as you, anyway, I'm sure I'm preaching the choir on this one, you guys know this better than me, but when you feed one area, then it's an ecosystem that feeds everything else. So as I become more successful politically, the business gets bigger. Business takes off, you become more politically successful, that type of thing, for example. Full circle. Yeah, well, you yeah. said, yeah, you said that before this, we can maybe bring up some controversial, dicey stuff. So I just thought of something, uh, <laughs> especially in the world of COVID, the small yep. to medium-sized businesses really are taking a hit, at least here in the States. I don't know about Australia. Uh, yes, and, and politically, at least from your perspective, what's the future for small to medium-sized businesses when you know the Amazons and the Googles uh, seem to be kind of the only ones surviving? Because uh, I really believe in small to medium-sized businesses, but just kind of wondering from the political side, um, what are you thinking or seeing? two things a lot of big companies have gone down as well so it's not just small businesses yeah. yes you've got your amazon your google and all that that's made a lot of money but a lot of corporates have gone down too so it's not just small business owners being affected um now having said that again I'm, I'm more interested in small businesses like yourself yeah i'm, I'm kind of with, with a corporate i'm kind of boohoo to a point but of course with a of course the small businesses um yeah it, it, it's been terrible but i will tell you this so this is the interesting part and not a lot of people are going to like what I'm going to say, but a lot of people are going to agree with what I'm going to say. Uh, but what's happened is what I've noticed is that of most of the small businesses that have gone down, not all of them, there's some innocent people taken out, most of the small businesses that have gone down, a lot of them weren't that good to begin with. So if you look at any market, I've seen this a lot lately, the top 20, 30% are still in business and some of them are even growing. It's more the lower performers that have been cleaned out. That's been one of my observations. Um, now, having said that, there are some really great business people and some really wonderful people and families have been badly affected. And there's several points to it. Um, our government uh, in Australia has done a really good job of stimulus uh, and basically bailouts for small businesses to protect them. So a lot of our small businesses have been protected. The businesses that get taken out by it, and again, I feel for them, it's how they come back and what they do after this, because, you know, we're in a new world. You've got to, it's like, it's like a war, a pandemic, it's a disaster. You know, you got to think of if you've lost everything, you're going to come back. And again, I used to be a homeless veteran, so I know what it's like to have nothing. As you're coming back, you need to think of a really good business model that's built more for the war pandemic times that we're going into or that we've been into. So are you thinking innovation when I hear you say that? Not just innovation, it might be completely changing. It's not necessarily just trying to do things better. It might be, so let's say you used to run a very, very successful five-star restaurant in a tourist area. You're probably gone now, which is appalling. I know a few people like this um, who are running very successful five-star restaurants in Sydney out of business. They lost those businesses. But what a lot of them done though, the smart ones got out early and they've gone into property, they've gone to other areas. Uh, 
or what they've done is they've moved from fine dining into takeaway type of businesses. So it's not just innovation in terms of doing your business better because your business model might now be irrelevant in the reality that we're in. So the, to me, the smart people that have been affected, the people that say lost their five-star restaurants, they got out quickly and then they got into other types of business areas that are well-suited for the times. Um, using myself as an Maybe example, about- um, before I took off as an pivoting, influencer, my business pivoting. is all face-to-face. Um, yeah. If I had my old business model, I'd be out of business now. So I was very lucky to innovate online before the virus hit. Hmm. And what I'm hearing there too is just really the power of the pivot is knowing when to pivot your business. There's a local Seattle company called Cause Tailored. Their whole business was helping um, Boeing and um, uh, Starbucks with upholstery. And what they did is they were one of the first factories that quickly changed everything to making masks for hospitals. And the fact that they were able to see a need and quickly get their teams up, ready, trained to be able to uh, adapt uh, and pivot, I thought was so powerful. I I definitely see that as an opportunity. And similarly, when you talk about the people who didn't make it were probably the lower of the people in their market, which which goes back to again is you know how are we helping people just improve and and be competitive? <laughs> so, yeah. and also to bring it back to government, you know I think it's very important that governments are part of the solution, not the problem. And for example, our government has done. Um, I'm not just saying that because I'm a political operative. A lot of a lot of people on the other side of politics agree with me on this one. Our government, in Australia, has done a I think not perfect. It's absolutely not perfect, but I would say they've done an excellent job of providing stimulus for small businesses. Okay. They've done a really, really good job of that. And um, of course they could do better. I mean, I want more money out of them, but overall they've done a lot of tax breaks. They've done a lot of moves to keep businesses going in these times. And uh, I think it's very important. I think the good countries are the countries that really respect their small businesses and the government's you know, remove red tape, you know, the help with stimulus and they help businesses get back on track. And also as well, uh, the World Health Organization came out recently and they said they're not fans of lockdown. That's what they said, right? Um, I've, been, I've been saying that from day one, right? So to me, the whole lockdown thing for lockdown's sake, you know, it's just crazy. You know, what more damage are we doing to society? Is the cure more dangerous than the uh, actual uh, pandemic? I would say, based on what I'm hearing now, that would probably be true. And I'm actually curious to, to hear your opinion. If someone is just starting out now during this time, because they do have to create a different you know, way of bringing in income, what would your suggestion be for the, the people that are coming new to the market or they're just, they haven't figured out how to make it work, especially online? <laughs> yeah, uh, make a lot of noise. Don't be afraid to be controversial. Um, I'm basically telling you what I did, um, which worked obviously. Uh, so make a lot of noise, be horribly controversial, nicely controversial, let's say, uh, but also really go hard for it. So if we, just using this as an example, I post at least 10 times a day on LinkedIn, right? Um, everyone told me I couldn't do it. Everyone was telling me, don't do it. Ed, you can't post more than once a day or three times a day. I post 10 times a day, kicking butt, you know, so I ignored everyone around me and just did what I thought was right. And it turns out I was right. So I would say as well, really go for it. Don't let people around you set your limitations. 
uh, really go for it in your own unique way. And um, I use this as an example. Um, there's a lot, and, and I'll say this respectfully to everyone who's watching. Um, there's a lot of very sad people right now. There are people who are going to be watching this who are homeless right now and who've lost everything and my heart goes to you. And I want to say this to you. Elon Musk used to be a homeless guy, okay? Elon Musk is going to be one of the guys that helps land the first human on Mars. So it's amazing, you know? So again, I feel for you if you've been through some hard times, but you know, Elon Musk was a homeless guy. Just remember that whenever you're entering your own pity party. And that's really powerful. And another question that I do have, you know, speaking of controversial is ever since I became, became an entrepreneur, I'm seeing all this, um, I don't, I don't even know what to call them, Influ influential people that speak of different things, basically saying, do things my way and you've got the right way. But someone else says the complete opposite. It's like, who do you listen to and how do you cut out the noise? Yeah. I think on that, there's a lot of grifters out there, right? A lot of grifters who are just making up stuff and trying to take, take your money, both in politics and business. A lot of grifters, point one. So you got to watch out for the grifters. But what I do say to people, and this is what we do in our own business is let's say you want to hire a coach or a mentor, or you want to buy a system or a product, ask for a free trial, um, ask for some proof. So for example, in our business, every week we run free live webinars with incredible content. So let's say someone's interested in hiring me, but they're not sure. Oh, come to a live webinar, can't make it, sign up and get the recording. So I think giving people free resources as much as, as, much as you can commercially do, I'm all about try before you buy. So if you're interested in you know, hiring a coach or buying a product, use their free trial. Try before you buy. Speak to some of their customers and you'll figure out not just whether they're a grifter or not, but they might be a good company, but it may not be the right company for you. Okay. Because, and that's a big thing. You've got to make sure of the, the products and services you're buying, they suit you and your application. So again, I'm all about try before you buy. And we've got that in our own business as well. People can talk to me before they hire me. They can come to free live webinars every week. So that way, um, for example, in our business, no one asks for refunds. We don't get that, right? Because people already know what they're buying before, well before they sign up with me. So we don't get disappointed customers because if anything, I give away too much free stuff. I'm probably too far that way. But I'll tell you that try before you buy is the best way to protect you and your interests. And I love that. And I agree with it, you know, especially because we want to so much us as coaches, especially in, you know, in my expertise, I want to know who I'm working with, whether or not they're a, a good client for me and vice versa. So I think it's a two-way street. And how important would you say people are as a part of your growth in business? You know, whether that's referrals or learning how to be a leader and teach people how to listen or follow you, or, you know, I think there's many aspects. I would love to hear your th take on that. Well, people are critical because it's people that sign up and become our customers, you know, so uh, people are everything, you know, uh, working with my wife, Lassie, again, there's the three of us, Michael, my Lassie, our assistant, um, but also our referral partners. And the thing that I find about people is it's very much, and I know um, Brian and Kat, I'm speaking a language here, it's very much people don't follow what you say, they follow how you behave. So the thing I've learned is my conduct and the way I approach situations will determine how everyone treats each other. So I work as hard as I can to, you know, um, you know, speak with kindness, speak with strength, speak with positivity. I find that culture is what keeps everyone going. And again, I'm not talking about politics for political sake, but when you see political operatives that are all positive and out there, they tend to build huge funds. When you see the political operatives that just put out pure negativity, um, 
ultimately they might make a bit of noise on Twitter, but they usually don't get voted in. That's what I've seen in my experience. I love that. So what, uh, do you have any uh, launches coming out or anything you want to share, like a product or service? And how do people connect with you? Because, you know, we do these conversations, they go by so quick and our audience usually says, I want to know more. How do they, how do they connect with you? Oh, Brian and Kate, you're the best. So what it is, I run free live webinars every week, free meetups every week. I've got my online program. So best thing to do is people just, check me out on LinkedIn. Um, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, say that Brian and Kat are awesome, then I'll accept your connection request. Otherwise, you can follow me as well. But um, hit me up on LinkedIn. But you do have to say Brian and Kat are awesome. Otherwise, I won't accept it. Okay, <laughs> love it. Uh, any, any last things you want to share with our audience? Look, I just want to say to everyone, thank you for watching. I really appreciate you um, all. Uh, be strong. You're going to, um, in the world that we're in and the times that we're going into, um, you're going to have to work some long hours, I'm afraid, you know, the, the days of, um, you know, working an hour a day and just manifesting piles of cash coming to your door are over. You're going to have to work for it these days. So um, don't be afraid to put in some long days. And um, again, if you're losing or taking some damage right now, the first guy who's probably going to put someone on Mars was a homeless guy. So just remember Elon Musk's story. I find that very inspirational. So whenever someone has a pity party on me, and again, I was a homeless veteran once, so I know the deal. Um, I kind of just give him <clears throat> the Elon Musk reply. Well, Elon Musk was homeless. So, you know, he's going to put humans on Mars. So don't worry, you'll get over it. Yeah. So keep winning. Life sucks sometimes, but carry on. Thank Wonderful. you, Doug. Powerful. And you could, and our audience can carry on by joining our Facebook group and interacting with Kat and I and our listeners. Uh, and we post episodes and let people have conversations. We also have a Facebook page just so you can see when a new episode's coming out. Or better yet, subscribe to our YouTube show. And that way you can watch it and see when they come out or listen to it on your podcatcher of choice. So we just thank you for listening and we look forward to seeing you in our next episode. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.